Welcome to Parallel Church. Let's welcome everyone that's joining us right now in Tabor with Pastor Renee and Jill. Welcome to you guys. Welcome Clara's home with Pastor Brian and Heidi. Welcome Okotoks with Pastor Joel and Tanisha. Welcome Lloyd Minster with Pastor Mike and Kara. Welcome Lethbridge with Pastor Ralph and Cindy. And all of you joining us online, wherever you're watching around the world, welcome to all of you. And man, it, it really is the most wonderful time of the year. It is uh, today, if, if you're joining us for the first time, today's service is a little bit different. And if you're wondering what Parallel Church is, well, today you're going you're gonna to find out. We're going we're gonna to have a party. Is that okay? We're going to celebrate what God has done over the year. We do this Legacy Sunday. We do this every first you know, weekend of December. And it, you know, it's, a, it's a generous time of year. It's a giving time of year. But it's also a, a time of year we can look back and, and see what God has accomplished through you uh, around the world. And we're going to celebrate that. We're going to worship. We're gonna have, it, it's going to be, it's gonna be a, a powerful, powerful day. And so if you're joining us for the first time, special welcome to you. And uh, we, we did a, a, a series, uh, just just wrapping it up today, where we talked about for love and impact. We have that slogan on, on the water tower. We, we really, really, really believe that, that our call as the church is to love and impact our communities. Not just to love, say we love, but to impact our communities. And, and we believe that. We also believe that, you know, Jesus gave instructions to a, a command, in fact, is what it's called. A new command I give you, he said, to love one another as I have loved you. That that's a command directly from Jesus. He also instructed us to take care of the least of these. And, and you know, when we do that, he said you'd be ministering directly to him. That that's a, that's a big, big part of, of worship. We also believe that Paul, you know, one of uh, the very first leaders... In the early church, he said this. He says, your faith only counts if it's expressed through love. And, and we believe that. We also called our church Parallel Church because we have a vision to come alongside and to walk with people. And so we're going to celebrate a lot of that today. And I, like I said before, you know, as we just sang, Hark the Angels, Herald Angels Sing, it, it's, I know, like, isn't Christmas awesome? And being able to sing Christmas songs, it's just, it's awesome. And I know some of you are shocked because I get, I get, you know, the staff are after me, Jen's after me, Sarah's after me, like bull humbug, because I have, I have instructions. I have, I have preferences. Let's, let's just say that. Uh, preferences as to Christmas decorations and, and all that. And if I let Jen and my wife and Sarah have their way, we'd be in Christmas like all, like in July. But my, I, and they're like, well, bull humbug. I said, no, 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 no. I'm, I, just, I, want, I, want to, I want to clear the air. I love Christmas. I just love it that much more when I don't have to celebrate it six months of the year. I think, I think it's more special if you celebrate it in its season. Can I hear an amen? Come all the guys, all the guys are like, yeah, amen, amen, amen. And I, you know, singing Christmas songs. I love Christmas songs. All 12 of them. <laughs> We sing the same ones over and over. But I love them. And that's like in, in their season. Absolutely. And it's Christmas season. And Christmas at Parallel is so much fun. We've got such an incredible month planned for you guys and, and excited about that. We just sang Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And it's taken from the story of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2 where the angels announced Jesus' birth. Get this to shepherds. They didn't, the angels didn't come and announce Jesus' birth to all the kings and queens or all the, the 
pastors and priests. He came, they came and announced Jesus' birth to shepherds. Shepherds. Like on, on a hill, they announced it. And when they showed up, I, I love this. It says, the angel shows up and he's like, don't be afraid. Well, why were the shepherds afraid? You know how boring a job being a shepherd would be? Like you're sitting there watching sheep. Like all night hoping, you're praying that a wolf or something comes. Because then you'd have something to do. But they're sitting there and they're praying for something to come. And angels come and they're, like, they're terrified. And the angel says, don't be afraid. But then he says this. For behold, I bring you good news. That's what Christmas is all about. Good news of great joy for, for which, which will be for just the believers. No, no, it says it'll be great joy for all people. And if you think about it, Jesus' birth changed not just eternity, but it changed the trajectory of our world. And Jesus and his followers, we've been looking at it in this series, Jesus and his followers have had an incredible impact on the world. If you remove Jesus from the equation and Jesus' followers from the equation, our world today would be far, far different. We've looked at it over just a little bit of church history in the last last series just in talking about it and we've been saying that you know we are can be grateful to Jesus and his followers that we that your children have public education or access to public education it was Martin Luther who thought it was not right that only the wealthy children would be receive access to education and so he created a way he and and his friends and 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 the church created a way for for your children and my children to receive public education it was the church that birthed the first hospital and and that we are able to have access to health care and the doctors and the nurses that because and, and to the system, the healthcare system, all this was birthed by the church. That that secondary education, university, and all the education and the history that we learn and the education that we're given was founded and birthed by the church. That women's rights, come on, the right for women to vote, the, the women's rights it was first propagated by Jesus and by his followers and by the church. Jesus was the first one to welcome women as, as insiders, into, to walk along with women, not to have them second-class citizens. Jesus brought them and elevated them and celebrated, and the church did, and the church fought for women's rights. The church fought for the abolition of slavery. That, I mean, can you imagine... Jesus and his followers you know, set captives free is one of their things, and they fought for the abolition of slavery. Our world would be so, so different had Jesus not come. And, and great joy for all the people. Come on. The freedom you and I enjoy, the, the, the rights that you and I have, come on. Believer or not believer, if you're not a believer, that's all right. But don't take for granted some of the things that we have that have been provided for us and, and things that have been sacrificed over for, for the years, through the years that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have and the, and the life that we're able to enjoy now, largely because of Jesus and his followers. Great joy for all the people. You provided great joy for many, many people in this last year. In fact, last December, uh, the first Sunday of December last year, we had a day just like today where we, we did a, our legacy offering. And last year, our legacy offering 
uh, came, uh, the total was $212,493,000 came in. The last Legacy Sunday. Isn't that cool? And we, we provided, it provided great joy for many people. Last year, we announced it and we said, and we're going to give a report on what, where that money went, what we did with it. But last year, we, we divided that money into quarters and we gave a quarter of it to My City Care, a quarter of it to Not For Sale, a quarter of it to Needs and Seeds. I'll explain what these all are in, in a minute. And a quarter to the Esther Home in Kenya. My City Care, if you're not familiar with what My City Care is, My City Care is, um, is all over the news all the time. It, my city care is is our, our our way of loving and impacting our community. It started with Shop of Wonders, of which we're running right now. It started with as a toy store, giving uh, Christmas to families and to and to children to families that wouldn't necessarily have it. But my city care has expanded way beyond just Lethbridge. It's now in multiple communities. And just in this last year, because of your legacy offering last year, we were able to run the Cinderella project, which is offering grad dresses to students who are not able to afford it. And, and a lot of these girls, you know, because they can't afford a grad dress or their family can't afford a grad dress, skip their grad or they're very embarrassed and, you know, because they can't and they don't look like all the rest of the girls and all the rest of it. So we provide the Cinderella Project. We provide grad dresses. And Penn Ticton did the Cinderella Project because of the legacy offering last year. They also did the Shop of Wonders in partnership with Bethel Church Penticton. Come on, we're coming alongside other churches and other ministries, other cities um, with My City Care. We partnered with Experience Church in Calgary, a great church. We did Stuff the Bus with, with Experience Church uh, last year in Calgary and helped 261 children um, get backpacks and all the school supplies for the year in Calgary. This last year, we, we took on you know, one of the greatest needs in Lethbridge is, is housing and, and the lack of housing. And so we're like, well, let's solve this. Can we jump in? And so we, we started working on, on with a housing team and began working hard on several affordable housing projects. We met with municipalities in Lethbridge and in Tabor and in Coaldale, and we received support from all three uh, municipalities and multiple levels of government, and we're still processing and working on this. There's a rendering of some of the, the stuff that we are working on providing in Lethbridge, and, and we are able to do that and beginning investing in solving this problem. We're not there yet. We're not building yet. Uh, there's lots of hoops to jump through and different things as you can imagine to do, but we're able to invest in and begin working on saying, hey, we're going to take our job back and, and say we're not waiting for, you know, governments or what to solve this problem. The church is going gonna, is gonna to solve these problems because you're giving, you're able to do that. Because of your giving last year, My City Care is able to provide coaching and support in resourcing locations uh, outside of Lethbridge and outside of the, the five communities that we have churches in uh, by providing on-site coaching and traveling to those locations. In Tabor last year, we, we, we started a program called Healthy Heroes. And we were awarded a $150,000 grant from the province to run a food program, which started last January and initially anticipated, we initially anticipated that it was going to be a small number of students needing the program in Tabor. But we served, since January last year, 7,276 meals to students, helping 2,117 students in eight different schools in Tabor. <laughs> 
And the grant ran out, and we're continuing the program uh, even without the grant this year. Uh, last year, because of your generosity, Tabor, Okotoks, and Medicine Hat got new mobile trailers for expansion in surrounding areas and communities. Um, and you will see Okotoks and Medicine Hat trailers on the road this spring, and that takes our mobile fleet to six trailers serving uh, southern Alberta. Isn't that cool? That they can set up and do street stores and do, you know, on, on location help. We also, my city care, uh, through much demand and all the rest of it, was able to design and launch uh, its own website. So mycitycare.ca is up and going, is now live, which allows us to connect with businesses and, and, and those in the community directly uh, through the My City Care website. This year, my City Care, we're, we're working on a partnership with Rotary and submitted a grant to the Community Foundation to do a shower trailer in 2024. And Rotary is bringing all their groups together and trying to raise $120,000 for an all-in shower and laundry portable unit for My City Care downtown Lethbridge. We can bring radical hospitality to the streets and help people with dignity of a warm shower and a place to do laundry. And we can look forward to that project in 2024. Isn't that cool? <laughs> not for sale. If you're not sure what not for sale is, not for sale is, is our ministry that, that helps rescue underage uh, girls and boys, but mostly girls from sex trafficking. And we have opened our home in Mexico. Come on. It's, it's open. We have two girls in the home so far. We, we said a couple weeks ago we had a vision of bringing them home for Christmas. Well, these are the two girls in the home setting up a Christmas tree. Come on. Home for Christmas in their very own home. <laughs> Through your generosity, we're able to hire six staff to run the home. The home can house up to 10 girls. We're excited about that to bring them to uh, safety but also rehabilitation. We also bought a vehicle for the staff to transform the girls when necessary uh, safely in the home. Come on, that looks pretty good. Uh, isn't that cool? Also, we, have, we gave a quarter of our offering last year to our Needs and Seeds budget. Now, Needs and Seeds, Jesus said this. He says, uh, you know, this command I give you, love one another. We also read in Acts chapter 2 and again in Acts chapter 4, it says there was no need among them. And so we said, hey, we're taking care of all these needs out there. What about the needs that are in here? And the economy has been, you know, what it's been. And there's been needs that have come up. Well, in 2023, the year marked with widespread challenges, we extended our support to over 30 different individuals and families, contributing more than $25,000 to address various hardships stemming from job losses, medical emergencies, the loss of loved ones. Uh, our assistance reached single mothers struggling to afford diapers and provide basic sustenance. Individuals working tirelessly across uh, three jobs suddenly burdened by unexpected car repairs and single parents grappling with the financial strain of daycare expenses, rising utility rates. These narratives come to our attention through the outreach of our congregation, through you guys, family members who submitted requests for assistance, and many of these stories were characterized by a sense of despair. But through the power of your collective generosity, we were able to make a meaningful impact and provide a glimmer of hope to those facing adversity. 
And your contributions played a crucial role in making this assistance uh, possible, and we extend our, heart for, our heart, heartfelt gratitude for your ongoing support. So just some of the things we did, like nine families received grocery cards. Uh, two people received, uh, you know, car repairs. Two families received utility bills uh, covered. Four families had damage deposit and rent covered. We, had, we helped three families with funeral expenses. And then this last week, we were just contacted by the local prison, and they said, hey, would you guys consider? And, and it was like, yes. Like, they hadn't got all the ask out yet. We're like, yes, we will help. And so because of your generosity, because of the needs and seeds budget, we are also able to provide 40 prisoners with a 12-step program, including they're able to receive a Bible. If we get 40 Bibles that we were able to purchase and, and buy for them to do that, which is awesome. Plus, we also gave a little gift to pay for stamps, and it seems like a little thing, but that, so that they're able to write home to their families uh, for Christmas and all the rest of it because of you and your generosity. We also gave to the Esther Home in Kenya. And if you're not familiar with what the Esther Home is, the Esther Home is a ministry we've kind of partnered with for a number of years, came to our attention um, uh, through uh, the Evans, actually. They said, hey, did you know these guys are doing something very similar to your heart and to what Not For Sale is and all the rest of it? And this is what the Esther Home does, is in Kenya, if a teen girl becomes pregnant... Um, they are typically disowned by the family, kicked out of school, education stops, like they're kind of ostracized. But the, the amazing thing is when we came to do ministry of this, that many of the girls became pregnant because of incest or rape or circumstances even outside of their own control. And it doesn't matter. Their family still disown them even if like it wasn't their, all, all this kind of stuff. And so the Esther home actually opens up a home for these pregnant teenagers and gives them, well, I'll show you what, they, what it gives them, but it provides ministry. Last year, we donated over $50,000 to the Esther home, and here's what they did with it. In, in 2023, a total of 18 girls from the Esther home attended primary and high school. So they're not only kicked out of school, we were able to get them back into school. 18 went back to school, attended primary and high schools, and through the legacy, offering all their school fees for 2023, as well as their school uniforms, books, and stationery were taken care of. Look at those uniforms. Isn't that cool? Most of the girls performed very well and were ranked among the top 10 students in their given classes. And this is a huge achievement given that most of them have been out of school for a year or two after getting pregnant. Being able to resume their education has given them so much hope for the future. One of those girls is named Harriet. And Harriet came to the Esther home five years ago. She had a traumatic past. She was very shy and reserved, and it took her two years to share her story fully. She performed very well in her, her final high school exam and was eligible to go to college. Thanks to the legacy offering, she was admitted to Baraka Agricultural College to pursue a two-year diploma course in sustainable agriculture for rural development. Since the inception of the Esther home, they have always desired to have proper dining room and a kitchen. And the girls have taken their meals in the living room, but with the increase in the number of girls in the last two years, and the reason why there's an increase in the number of girls in the last two years is your fault. Because of your generosity, they were able to open to full capacity. Okay? So <laughs> it's, it's good. 
Um, and it's been, possible, it's been impossible for them up until this year to, ha- to eat all together in the same room. But because of our legacy offering last year, they now have a big dining room where they can all have their meals together. And the dining room will also serve as a study area for the longest time. Um, on top of that, they've been cooking with a makeshift kitchen and to have... Uh, and, had a desire to have a permanent, fully operational kitchen, um, and they were able to build not only the dining room, but a full operational kitchen, and it's a dream come true because of last year's offering. 2023 started with a steep increase in food prices and an increase in the mouths that they had to feed at the Esther home. So the economy there was, it's not just here, but it, it dramatically affected there as well. And with the home operating at full capacity with 24 girls and their babies and our, the team of staff, the food budget was the highest they had ever had. But because of the legacy offering, they were able to purchase in bulk maize, beans, rice, millet, lentils, cooking oil, and sugar. And the Esterholm family has had plenty to eat this entire year. But on top of that, in April this year, there was an influx of refugees into their city, and when called upon to help, they were able, Esther Holm was able to provide from their storehouse of, of food that they had bought for the year. Every day, they, for five days, they helped 500 refugees and still had enough to last the home to the end of the year. Isn't that cool? In 2021, the Lord put in their hearts to go into the village and reach out to girls armed with the gospel in one hand and a care package containing sanitary pads, underwear, and and a bookmark on the other hand. And they realized there's so much need on the ground and their hearts yearned to reach more girls and to do more. And they encountered many teenage mothers on the street who had lost all hope of ever getting an education because of their current situation. So a dream was born to help pay school fees for the most desperate cases. By December of 2022, they had already identified 15 girls and were trusting God for the provision of the fees. Your offering last year um, catered to those girls' fees for the entire year. And by April this year, they were getting many requests from the community leaders to consider reaching out to the boys, too. So we felt led to reach out to the young boys through soccer and a care package of underwear and a bookmark with a Bible verse. Since May, whenever they visit a village, they get the girls together for the program and the boys get together, play soccer, and get to hear the good news of the gospel. And many, many, many of them have given their lives to Christ. The donation from you has enabled them to reach more than 1,200 girls, giving out more than 3,000 sanitary packets, 3,000 underwear. They also reached out to more than 300 boys, giving 12 soccer balls and more than 300 pairs of underwear. And at the end of every season, they make an altar call and have had 150 boys and girls accept Jesus as their Savior and have given out more than 80 Bibles. This year as well, they had a dream of organizing a three-day youth conference in April targeting 1,000 youth. And while planning for it, we had an idea of holding several youth seminars in villages and they had visited before and when they felt a real need and hunger for the gospel. So in May, they organized one in Kwanzaa Village and had 300 youth in attendance and 43 were born again. 
Cool. In August, they held another one in Endebees where and had 150 youth in attendance and more than 20 got born again. And this month, December, they are planning to have a two-day conference targeting the youth in, our, in their city, and they will have it on, uh, in the recently completed Malay Youth Center facility, which you also helped to build. Isn't that cool? Now, I can't do justice by saying thank you, so I'll let them do it. Let's take a look. Isn't that sweet? In the Bible, there's a story in the book of 2 Samuel. And David is the king of Israel. And David kind of um, got a little cocky and, and arrogant. He decided, man, I'm the most powerful king this nation has ever had. I'm one of the most powerful. We're the one of the most powerful nations in the whole thing. So he decided to take a census. And to see how powerful and how big he, he was and his army was. And right after he did it, God didn't come and convict him. But he felt guilty and ashamed. He's like, ugh. And he, so he reaches out to a prophet. And the prophet says, yeah, God's not that, that thrilled with what you did. And he says, there's going to be a plague coming. And David's like, what do I do? And, he, and, and the, the prophet didn't really give him a ton of direction. But David decided he was going to go and sacrifice. And he went looking for the place, to, the appropriate place to sacrifice, and we and we pick it up in in Second Samuel twenty four verse twenty two. He found a property. Aruna owned the property, and and David says to him, "I want your property so I can sacrifice to the Lord." And Aruna says to David, "Let my lord the king um, take." And offer up what is good in his sight. Look, the oxen for the burnt offering, the threshing sledges, and the yokes of the offering for the wood. Everything, O king, Aruna gives to the king. And, and Aruna said to the king, may the Lord your God accept you. Now, I often put myself into the stories, and I'm thinking, if I was David, I would be praising God for his provision. I, I need to make a sacrifice. And here I go and ask the guy, hey, can I you know, sacrifice on your land. And, and the landowner goes, I'll give you the land for you, for yourself. I'll give you the oxen. I'll give you the wood. I'll give you whatever you want. You, everything, O king, is yours. To which, if I was David, I'd be like, the Lord is good. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like the Lord has provided all my needs. But look at, look at David's response. David's response is, no. He says this, he says, no, but I will surely buy it from you uh, for a price, for I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Now, interesting. What does it have to do with anything and you think it's just a Bible story, it's not a big deal. Except that the land that Aruna owned was on Mount Moriah. And Mount Moriah also is where the Temple Mount is built. That the land that David bought to sacrifice to the Lord was the land that the temple resides on. In other words, the church is built on sacrifice. 
why is that important for you and me? It's important for you and me because we live in a society that is all the convenience that provided for us. Our entire society, our entire marketplace, everything around us is designed to remove the sacrifice, to eliminate the cost. Like we, we can't spend enough time to cook a good meal so we can have a little box that we push a button on and going two minutes, woof, we're good. Like, like we, we're anything and everything, come on, everything and everything is convenient. And what that's done, and it's great, I'm not complaining. I, I, I like quick, easy, convenient. That's, that's great. But what it's done is that's kind of created into our society and into our culture and is kind of bled into the church world and our, our religious acts too where we, we don't know sacrifice anymore. And we look for convenience. And, and sacrifice is important and the reason why it's important is, and Mother Teresa sums it up this way, the reason why it's important is because she said this, love to be real, it must cost. It must hurt. It must empty us of self. Love to be real, love for others. When we say for love and for impact, we're saying for love to be real, it must cost. It must hurt. There must be some sacrifice involved. It must include emptying of self. For love to be real to our God. David knew this. David knew this. For love to be real to his God, it must cost. It must hurt. It must empty us of Self. Come on, any married couple knows this. Right? For love to be real. Look at God's response to David's sacrifice. David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Thus the Lord was moved. You don't see that very often in the Bible. The Lord was moved. By prayer for the land, and the plague was held back from Israel. God was moved, not by the amount that David gave, but by his sacrifice and insistence to be a giver. Well, why are we talking about giving in church? Why, why is this important? Because, come on, in order for us to fulfill our vision for love and impact, in order for us to fulfill and to be obedient to the, to the command of Christ, to love one another and to care for the least of these, it has, it, it's going to cost. It's going to cost all of us in order for us to do this. In order for us to worship God, it's going to cost. It's going to hurt sometimes. And when we do it in that regard, it's amazing that it moves God, too, on our behalf. We also talk about it because the early church did. And as you know, you know, I've been on, on a, a path where I've been studying a lot about the early church. And the reason why is because I, I feel like those closest to Jesus, you know, and closest to the time that he was here and closest to his instructions and, and the disciples who got direct instruction from Jesus, they probably knew how to do it right. 
And so I'm like, I want to learn. I want to go back to what they did and how they did it. And you'd be interested to know that Paul, one of the early church leaders, he wrote this. He talked, the early church talked about money and talked about sacrifice. In fact, Paul wrote these words to Timothy, the pastor, his apprentice, his, the pastor that he set in place for the church in Ephesus. And this is what he said. He said, instruct those who are rich in this present world. And in case you're thinking, well, <laughs> that doesn't include me. I'm not rich. If you make a household income of $30,000 or more, you are in the top wealthiest people on the planet, top 97% wealthiest people on the planet. Like, crazy, right? So instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Not just all things to tolerate, but all things to enjoy. Paul says, like, he says, hey, don't put your hope where your hope is, is, is vital. Don't put your hope in the economy. Don't put your hope in your riches. Don't put your hope in your bank account. Don't put your hope in the stock market. Don't put your hope in these places because how many, we've seen it, how many know you can't lean on that? That gives out. He says, instead, put your hope on God because you can lean on him. And he's the supply. He's, he's your supplier. But then he goes on. And he doesn't just stop there. He goes on. He says, instruct them. And the, the NIV says, command them. That's pretty strong. To do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Uh, storing up for yourselves the treasures of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the thing of, of that which is life indeed. The reason why we call this offering this Sunday, Legacy Sunday and Legacy Offering, the reason why we do this is because this is, this is a way, this is an instruction. Paul instructed Timothy, to Pastor Timothy, I'm taking that instruction. I'm instructing you and saying, hey, be rich in good deeds. Be generous because you're leaving a legacy. You're leaving, you're investing into a good foundation. And a good foundation is your foundation in heaven. There's rewards that we get in heaven for that. But not only in that, but leaving a legacy that we're not a one-generational church. Come on. We're not a one-generational church. We are a multi-generational church that we're investing into what our kids are going to build on, that our grandkids are going to build on. Come on. This is, this is investing in a foundation for the future. We're investing in children in Kenya in my city care, in, in girls in Mexico. We're investing in that because we're investing in the treasure of a good foundation for the future. And think about the generations that, the, the, that are being impacted, the families being impacted because of one soul. Think about that. Like it's, it's incredible. It's an investment. But I love what Paul says here. He says, command those who are rich, tell them to be rich. Pastor Ralph, be rich. Ooh, okay. I'll, I'll be rich. Like, what, what are we, tell them, be rich. What does that mean? Be rich. There's a difference between having riches and being rich. And according to Paul, being rich means being generous and ready to share. Investing into the future. Now in our offering last year, Paul didn't just instruct this to Timothy and to 
and to uh, the church in Ephesus. We found this verse in, I found this verse in, in 1 Corinthians, and the message version is what I found it. And I love how the message version says this in 1 Corinthians 16. It says, regarding the relief offering for poor Christians that is being collected. So I, I look at this and I go, okay, the early church received offerings too. He says, you get the same instructions that I gave the church in Galatia. So Paul's not just instructing Timothy in Ephesus. He's instructing the church in Galatia. He's also instructing the church here in Corinth, right? So this is something that is important. He says, hey, I've given the same instructions to all these guys. He says, every Sunday, each of you make an offering and put it in safekeeping. Be as generous as you can. And I love this. So I see this and I go, okay, they received offerings on a weekly basis. They, they, this is what the early church did. This is not just a Western world thing. Or, you know, this, is, this, is, this is what they did, setting a precedent for us to do the same. But then he says, each of you give an offering. Each of you make an offering. So that means that this is not just a few or just the rich. This is every one of us. Every one of us can give. And you're going, okay. But I don't have, but I'm not, but I, I can't. And he goes, no, no. He says, each of you make an offering and put in safekeeping. So be as generous as you can. In other words, he says, it's not the amount that matters. That we can't all give the same amount, but we can each sacrifice. We can each give something. And what the amount didn't matter, what did matter is that everyone contributed. Mother Teresa said this, and this is today's takeaway. She said this, she said, it's not how much we give, but how much love. Okay, and we just learned that she also said that in order for love to count, it's got a cost. It's got a sacrifice. She says, not how much we give, but how much love we put into giving. And I would take that quote, and I would say, Hey, church, it's not just good enough for us to put up on the water tower that we love and impact. Come on. It's how much love we put into that impact and how much we can give. And I love this because it says, because Paul said this, it says that each one of you give. Each one. doesn't matter the amount, each one. So t- today... While the team's going to come and and sing a song, a powerful song, our children, your children, my children, are going to lead the way this year and come and give. And again, this year, our offering is going to go to the one another's and to the least of these. We're going to continue to care for one another. How many know the economy is not getting better? <laughs> We're going to continue caring for one another. We're going to continue caring for the least of these through Not For Sale, My City Care, needs, you know, through, through Esther Home, through different projects. We're going to continue to expand in that way. Amen. This song is, listen to the words carefully. The song is powerful. And then somehow I'm going to have to come up afterwards. I'll give you instruction. (laughs) This song gets me every time.
stranger with a steeple still attached when all the cars drive by they don't know what day just passed no fancy sign one service time and the doors always unlocked it's the first place that i saw the hand of
weeks ago my grandma's funeral was held at the church I grew up in and the pastor that dedicated me as a baby performed the funeral I didn't even know honestly he was still alive I remember just going back there and I I talk often about the hurt religion caused me and, and many of you and I want you to know I'm eternally grateful for the church I grew up in and my first pastor his name's Pastor Harold Hunter he uh, a lot of the hurt that I talk about wasn't from him or from that part of my history but I listened to him preach at my grandma's funeral and remember just being thankful and going, wow. I remember being inspired as a kid that you'd rarely find him in his office. He'd be in the coffee shop or in on the combine with some farmer somewhere. He'd lead people to Jesus all over the place going, wow. I'm grateful for an example like that. And the church doesn't always get it right, and our church doesn't always get it right because people are people and we're messy. And lots of us have been hurt when the church doesn't get it right. But at the same time, I'm grateful for the church I grew up in. And I'm grateful for the church. Amen. And I'm more excited for the church of the future. And it's moving as watching my grandson. <laughs> your kids, your grandkids. And we're not always going to get it right, Parallel Church but we are going to do our best to follow the lead of Jesus, to love one another and the least of these. Today's offering is going to go toward 
the one another's and the least of these. And the team's going to sing a song, and, and we're going to invite you, the baskets are up here during this time to bring your gift. If you weren't prepared for that, there's pledge cards in there. You can pledge, and throughout the month, we'll, month of December, we'll receive those gifts. And those gifts are going to go to the one another's and the least of these. If you're in the balcony, you don't have to come down. Those ushers are prepared to receive the offerings up there. But I'd be remiss to tell you that you got to have a little family talk for a second, if that's okay. 2023 was one of the most generous years in the history of our, of our church. You guys gave extraordinarily. Amazing. But the vision caught so well that about 40% of the income that's come in has been designated out and has given out, which is great. I don't want that to change. That's amazing. But at the same time, our operating expenses are behind by quite a bit. And I, I want you to be aware of that. And here's, here's why is because I've, talked with some of our staff and some of the board and was like, we're going to receive an offering and we're going to give and generously and we're going to give it away and all the rest of it. And then a couple months from now, we're going to have an AGM and you're going to start to see, our, we'll open up our books and you start to see and going, hey, wait a second, you didn't tell us. So I'm telling you. So you're aware. I don't want that to change your gift, but if you're not, if, if the church, if you're thankful for the church you're giving up and the church is the hope of the world and the church that you're growing up in and your kids are growing up in, and you're not a giver yet, I want to encourage you to become a giver. The amount doesn't matter. Just continue, you know, say, I've received value. I want to give. So this church can continue to do what it's doing. And if you feel a tug on you to say, I want to give to the operational expenses, all the rest of it, then Pastor Ralph's going to come up later and receive the regular offering. Can give your gift there or in, in the lobby and, and do that to help us out. We'd, we'd appreciate that as well. We're not in going to shut the lights down or building kind of mode, but I thought we'll let you know. Is that okay? We're family. So why don't we stand and we're going to worship God. We're going to sing a very appropriate song. We trust in God. That's where we put our hope. And as the song's being sung, when you feel the time is right, you can feel, come forward and bring your offering and the baskets at the front. Let's worship. Born of His Spirit, 
promising. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. Let's just pray for a moment here, God. We just... We just, God, we're just so grateful for that, that call to action, Lord. And when we see the little ones coming out, God, with giving basically all they have many times, Lord, we're, um, we're just so grateful, Lord, that that example is, is what the community is hearing about your word and who you are, God, through this, through the generosity of the people here, God, that others outside these walls are actually feeling your love before they even hear of it. We thank you that we get to be that connection, God. When it comes to a relationship with you, Lord, that our purpose is to love and impact people and just to show them who you are. That they can receive the greatest gift ever, which is salvation. And we're so grateful for that, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can have a seat. You can tell that people's hearts are changing when they're, you know, we've got a great facility here, don't get me wrong, but when people are saying, seeing the needs of others outside these walls and going, man, we got enough, we can give. Because that's, that's the example the world's looking at. What do you guys do? If this is a private club, this is not a private club here. But one thing about our giving is very private, right? That's why, I mean, I appreciate Pastor Kelly saying, we are that way we, we gave a lot out and I was like okay and this you know I'll just be honest I have to tell our team many times guys and I know many of you too are you taking care of yourself too you know like because you can be so passionate about helping others you got to take care of yourself and that's what the regular offerings are for taking care of ourselves right that we have a facility that's operating on a budget that is gonna be sufficient for it. And I tell you, our staff and team and anybody who's involved here at the, at the church uh, take pride in doing everything with real diligence, exploring every option and, and when we're purchasing things, but it's well managed. But um, yeah, a little bit of a correction to be, you know, love others, but make sure that you love yourself. And that's one thing I see as a pastor, people, their hearts are so into what they do. And that's a good thing, but you also deserve love and his love and just re receive it and trust in him. Uh, and I also get to see the stories of the people that have, through salvation, which is what it's about. You can take care of someone's physical needs, but that's gonna be temporal. Salvation is eternal. That's a, a life that's changed for all eternity, for generations to come. I think I told you the story that I found one, my mom gave me this, I never knew my grandpa. His name was Ralph too super trendy name in the 40s and 50s. Now people name their dog Ralph, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. Anyways, I kind of always wondered that, that somebody was probably praying for me or something because the way that Cindy and I came to Christ was, was like we just knew there was something more. And then when I find out this Bible was from my grandpa who attended Sunday school in 1902 and his, he was faithful in attending, I was like, wow, okay. This is multi-generational, and I get to see my grandkids come up and give. But it's because of salvation that, that we do that. 
And I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer if, if you're okay with that. Because maybe, maybe you're here today and your heart's, man, this is, okay, is this what church is supposed to be? Because I've been feeling that in my heart. Because I always wondered about the church and, and its purpose. But it's to come in contact with God's love. And we're here to communicate and demonstrate his love. That takes action. But if you want to begin that today, it can be done through confession. Basically just speaking these words through the form of prayer. But really, it's putting your trust in a God that, that maybe you don't quite know yet, but I tell you, he's going to impact your life too. For the better. For all eternity. Which is the biggest celebration each week when I hear people saying, yeah, I prayed that for the first time. It's the best thing. So if you guys would pray along with me. It's the most important prayer of your life, really. Pray along with me. Dear Jesus, I confess today that you are God. I believe that you died and rose again. I ask you to come into my life and become my Lord, my God, my Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of all my wrongs and mistakes. And my past is past as of today. I give you my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.